like what you're showing your kids is that a client, somebody, frankly, that you are replaceable to, you are replaceable to, is more important than your own children. Like, and you can argue from wherever, you know, you are in your development and that's fine. But when you really think about it, legacy is created by who you are, not what you do. You can leave a shit ton of money, but if your kids follow the same relationship footpath as you, the same communication, they don't know how to deal with their feelings or emotions. They don't understand them. You're not leaving a legacy. You're just leaving some money and they're probably going to blow it anyway because you haven't taught them shit anyway. (laughs) You're listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes, where you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood told by the men who lived them. Raw, real, and 100% unapologetic. And now, here is your host, Eric Rogel. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Eric Rogel, and this is Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And you can find this episode and all my past episodes at evergreenpodcast.com. Now, the clip you just heard right there before the intro was from today's guest, and he's a good friend of mine, Ian Lobus. And if his name sounds familiar to you, it's because besides being a really successful entrepreneur and a personal performance coach, Ian is the host of the top-rated Men on Purpose podcast. That's an awesome show, guys. Really great. It's got a mission very similar to my mission with this show. Uh, And his is also a podcast I was honored to be a guest on recently. So I highly recommend heading over to menonpurpose.com and uh, listen to a few of his episodes. It's really, really inspiring stuff. And that's why I wanted to have Ian on the show because, you know, when he and I get together, we get rolling on how important it is for men to continually improve themselves, right? We're talking about our own experiences. We're talking about ideas that we have ways we can work together to get men moving forward, uh, and just the mission we both have of um, getting everyone to live their best, right? How you can be stronger as a leader, how you can be a better father, more passionate husband, just an overall ideal man, whatever your definition of being an ideal man is. And guys, you know, if you're not down with that, you're in the wrong room, because that's what we're all about here. So, I figured why not record some of these conversations that I'm having with Ian and uh, just let you listen in. Even sometimes when we get a little bit off track and get into some strange areas like uh, like we did on this call. So um, this is the first of those episodes and I'm excited for you guys to hear some of the things that we talk about. But uh, before we get into that, two things. So first, as I always ask, please make sure to share this episode with men that you know, men that can get value out of what they hear today. Because like I just said a minute ago, we're on a mission here. Part of that mission is to get these inspiring stories, get this empowering information heard, right? So think of just one person you can send this to and get them the link because the impact is greater than you know. I hear it all the time. When people tell me how much particular episode meant to them. So I want to thank you for that in advance. And second, I want to let you know this. I'd announced in the last episode we were going to do the Bold Men Adventures trips. Well, we had our first one 
this month, and I got to tell you, it was absolutely incredible. We had a group of really good men join us, men that are committed to being the best they can be in all areas of their lives, right? So they were men who just wanted to get outside and tap into that beast, tap into that natural man that's inside them. So we, uh, they got together with me in Montana. We had a blast for four days together, just biking, hiking, bonding, forming a brotherhood every night, talking for hours around a fire, really, really in-depth, open, raw conversations with each other. And I got to tell you, guys who were strangers on the first day were lifelong brothers by the end of the second day. And, you know, they're all still having conversations and are still in contact after getting home. And I got to tell you, it was really, really inspiring to watch, inspiring to be a part of. I've got some pictures up on the um, the website over at boldmenadventures.com. Uh, there's info on there on upcoming trips, so make sure to get on my mailing list, uh, and I'll let you know when the next one is, because you're, you're really going to want to be a part of that, because I, I personally can't wait for the next one. It was such an incredible experience, something so amazing to be part of, so take advantage of that. Head over to boldmenadventures.com now. All right, so let's get into my conversation with Ian. Now, he and I are always talking about success and what it means to be successful. And listen, lots of men tell me they want to be successful, but they usually end up successful in just one area of their life while other areas suffer. So I really wanted to get started there. So, Ian, you know, I want to talk about success for a little bit because, you know, it's so interesting. You talk about how you were successful in business Uh, Pretty much by every measure, you were doing great. But at home and in other areas of your life, everything was kind of falling apart. So tell me a little bit about what you were going through at that time. Because, you know, by most men, by by any measure, we look at how we're doing at work, how our business is going, how much money we're making, those kind of things as a measure of success. We don't really step back and look at the other areas in our life. Sure. Let me drop the first piece of gold. I was (laughs) doing... I wasn't being until I learned that very valuable lesson of being versus doing. I was destined for a miserable life of success. And people always ask me that, like if I'm on stage or on my podcast and I'll say, look, you know, on paper, in my bank account, on Facebook, on Instagram, did I look really successful? Like I had this amazing life. Yeah. But it wasn't until the doors closed when I got home that that environment was toxic, my choosing, right? I, I didn't do the work to make it not toxic. Mm-hmm. And then the most toxic, which I think all of your listeners like mine do, will understand is inside of my body, in my heart, and my brain, dude, I was, I was a wreck. Anxiety, depression, panic, fear. It's what caused me to make my decisions. And it it, it made me do more, do more, do more, chase more, get the next check, the next thing, grow the business. And none of it worked. None of it freaking worked because yeah. I was still miserable. And yeah. It was like trying to fill that hole, right? That's, you know, we see a lot of pe- people in general, not just men, but we try to fill that hole, right? That's sure. just going to make me feel better. If I make more money, I'm going to feel better inside. So there's a couple of things I want to jump into right here that you brought up that I, that I you know, me, I thousand percent agree with. We'll get to the, the being versus doing because we'll make that the rest of the episode because that's so, so important. But yeah. what I'm really getting is, you know, we have the, 
the sacred seven core values, courage, honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, and love. And what you're talking about right there is integrity. You were completely yeah. out of integrity at this point, right? Because you were one person in public, right? Successful Facebook, Instagram, everything looks great, perfect life. And then inside it was all tearing apart. So you were completely out of integrity. So when did you yeah. realize this was going on? I mean, there's so, <laughs> there's so many places that I, I realized it yet didn't do anything about it. And what's, what's interesting is I know for a fact that there's somebody listening right now that needed needs and needed to hear this today because they're getting an ultimatum from their wife or their job or their employees. And you have to know that all of those things grow to the extent that you do your relationship, your money, your career, your business, your job, your communication, all that shit, even your integrity grows to the extent that you do. It's the only way. So you've got to work on you first. So put down the business books, put down all the bullshit, like get into something for personal development and start working on you, get the traumas out, get the stuff out of your past. But the moment I knew that it, when it hit me hard was when my wife at the end of 2016, um, my daughter was almost one. I had just gone through a year of a, of a program that focused on doing and, and, and these exterior activities to add to your life, but it never eliminated anything that was foundational within me. And that was one of the biggest pieces. And, uh, and I'm talking about traumas and past and society's pressures and school and the BS you're taught from your parents. And my wife looked at me and she said, um, I'm, it's enough. Like I've had enough. And I remember I brought home like a 80,000 or $90,000 checks for that month. And I was like, look at this, look at me. Right. You happy now? Like, mm -hmm. and she was like, I'm more miserable than ever. And so are you. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I just went through all this. I read 60 books this year. I read 60 books. And she's like, but it hasn't changed you one bit. Yeah. And we got into this deeper level kind of argument fight. And she's, I remember she like slams this pot down. But my, my wife is very cool and, and chill. And she just looks at me and like into my soul. It actually still like, it, it, it still brings up some emotion when I tap into that, like, she said to me, are you really the measure of a man that you want your daughter to attract into her life one day if she chooses? And dude, I, I fucking lost it. I, I, yeah. I just, I, and she goes, cause it's not about me. You can trade me in for the next model and I can trade you in for the next model and I get paid and you're, you know, you, you're, you're the breadwinner. Like everybody wins, but you and her, and she doesn't have the choices you do you have those choices. And I think it was probably the first time I, I ever showed my wife vulnerability. It was the first time that I ever let myself get emotional and, and tear up and, and break where I didn't have to defend myself to look good mm -hmm. or looks look tough or like whatever bullshit men are taught, which is, uh, it, it makes me sick, but like, and I said to her, I'm not like, I never been suicidal or anything like that, but I said to her, like, I fucking hate myself. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't love me. I don't like me. I wouldn't want to be my friend. I hate my business. I hate everything about what I have to do, who I have become. And I'm not sure what to do. How'd that and feel to finally well, get that ruthlessly honest 
not only with yourself, but with, you know, with her and be that yeah. vulnerable and actually say that. Cause I mean, listen, I know you and I both know there are so many men out there, you know, the silent sufferers who are going through this, who figure, yeah. Hey, I'm going to just keep doing, 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 bringing home those big checks, you know, buying the nice cars, getting in the big house, but hate my fucking life, hate who I am, hate who I've become dread dragging my ass to the office every day, hate coming home at night, all of it, and don't have the balls to really have that much courage to be that honest with themselves and everybody around them. Yeah. And most people will say to me, like in my coaching practice or our front runner events will say to me, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's too late. Like I, I can't, my kids are mm -hmm. older and, and, you know, they count on me to do this. And I'm saying, you don't have to uproot your entire life. Just make a change, a choice right now, tomorrow. Like instead of getting up at, at 6.45 or 7.30 and, and running around the house and being anxious because you pounded down some whiskey last night to just calm your nerves, like have some, have some uh, a responsibility and respect for yourself. Get up 30 minutes earlier and just listen to a book for 10 minutes brush your teeth, wash your face and treat yourself with love and care and just start there. Just start changing yeah. the habits now, just little habits. But for any men specifically that are listening, like you have no idea what your kids are watching you do. You have no idea of the model that you are to them, not in terms of what you feed them into their bodies, but into their heads. And you have a responsibility and you can argue with me all day long, like a lot of people do, but everybody who chooses to see it that way understands it that way. Like they are modeling after you. They're either going to hate you for who you are. They're going to become you. Like you have the ability to change the next generation by your actions at every moment. And that's a hard reality for people. But you, it comes from one little thing at a time, just one. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, because you know, we talk about this a lot. Kids are really, really intuitive. And you could be saying things and doing things, but they're going to read who you're being. They yeah. can tell when you're miserable. They can tell when the relationship between mom and dad is bad. They know, even though they may see the stuff on the surface, they know. And, and you're, and it's, you're a thousand percent correct. It is about being that role model. And it is just about being who that is. And that takes that courage. It takes courage. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how scared you are. If you have kids, then you have no choice because Everybody, you know, like I, I've been in the real estate sales business for, for the last like nine years, 10 years. And everybody talks on the surface about legacy and generational wealth. And I'm like, well, you're an asshole and you're never home. And all you do is go out and party with your real estate buddies. Yeah. And you show your kids no attention that they want. Forget about what you want. It's not about you. It's about them. And yeah, it's almost like you're showing your clients and your coworkers more attention yeah. and love and time and all of that than you are your own family. Yeah, and they think, well, I have to be with the clients. I said the same shit too. Well, you want this lifestyle? This is what I have to do. And my wife would always say, but it's not who you have to be. You don't have to be an asshole and constantly under pressure and constantly on edge. So like what you're showing your kids is that a client, somebody, frankly, that you are replaceable to, you are replaceable too, is more important than your own children. Like, and you can argue from wherever, you know, you are in your development and that's fine. But when you really think about it, legacy is created by who you are, not what you do. 
You can leave a shit ton of money, but if your kids follow in the same relationship footpath as you, the same communication, they don't know how to deal with their feelings or emotions. They don't understand them. You're not leaving a legacy. You're just leaving some money and they're probably going to blow it anyway because you haven't taught them shit anyway. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? so, yeah. And they have so, no appreciation for it because they're angry about where it came from. Totally. Right. There's that too. I mean, they see what you went through and how it, you know, you it took you away from them to get that money. They're not going to yeah. appreciate it when you're gone. No. And there's so many things that people can do right now if they desire a change. But if you desire a change and you're not taking action to the change to so get that change and the result you want, and stop fucking complaining. Like, yeah. stop. Just live yeah. your just live your life as it is and be okay with it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I find that all the time. And I and I tell people, you know, guys will say to me, Well, how did you get this or how did you achieve that? Well, it starts with a decision, right? It's all mm -hmm. about decision, you know. And I work with guys all the time who don't want to make a decision. I tell them, look, not making a decision is a decision. It's a totally. decision to just be reactive to whatever the shit ends up happening because you didn't decide, you know, take command, go in and decide. Yeah. And so what, well, you know, I want to hear from you on your decision, because now you see this, you're with your wife, you get vulnerable with her. She's telling you, you know, and her end power, courage, you know, great for her, man. I mean, you know, I applaud her for stepping up and, and actually saying that. And that's, you know, one thing I would definitely want to mention so many of us successful men have those beautiful, amazing, powerful women in our lives that will tell us when we're being an asshole, that will tell yeah. us when we're not stepping up. So important to have, but she did that. And so then what was your decision going forward? Because that had to come first. Let me, uh, let me preface that by saying my, my wife is one of the most powerful, put together people that doesn't know it. Hmm. And she didn't know it because I was overshadowing her ability to tap into her power. And I know that sounds light and people were like, Oh, I expect your wife to be some powerhouse. And I'm like, she is, I've watched her birth, birth two children. Naturally, she is a powerhouse and I was hindering her power. I was robbing her of her power. I, I wasn't. And it's not that she didn't have a choice. It's that I was so overbearing that she felt that she wasn't worth it. Or that yeah. she wasn't a, she wasn't valuable enough to be able to take time for herself or for to spend time on herself or money on herself. And it's not that I dictated that. It, my my actions dictated. I didn't say like don't do anything. I would always say to her, go buy whatever you want, go do whatever you want, you go away with your friends. But my activities, my actions said something different, and and my reactions were different. So yeah. Well, I'm going to you jump know, in I, there because I got a question for you, Ian, on this, because, you know, you mentioned before about not liking yourself very much. And listen, I'm speaking to someone who was there himself, sure. right? Went through years of that. And one of the things I want to ask, and you said, you know, you kept her down, overbearing actions. I'm going to ask you to look at this because this has been my experience in not wanting the woman to step into her full power because we're afraid of that or we don't want to see we don't feel good enough about ourselves to be with a powerful woman. So it's kind of keeping her down a little bit because it makes us feel a little bit better. We can stay on top. Any of that going on in your relationship? No, it, it was, it, it was like the opposite. It was, I wanted her so badly to step into her power and I wasn't afraid of her in her power. I was afraid of me losing some of mine. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So she, yeah, yeah. you, you get, put down by her getting stepping into hers feel less than that was my yeah, yeah 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 
So yeah, my, my, my thought process was maybe the same or a little bit different. And it was like, if I don't get everything that I need, like, how do I, what, what, what happens then? You know, and I was scared and it wasn't my, my thought process wasn't, I don't want her to be in her power. I know some guys don't want their wives to be powerful, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, it was, I was so scared of losing my power that like, how do I even do this? How do I even step aside for a second to let her breathe? And I wasn't like, uh, na- actually, <laughs> she used to call me a terrorist at the office because she worked, she ran our businesses. And so we were together 24 seven. And when I were, because the business was so crucial to me because it was where my identity was, the money, the power, the success created me. And if I lost it again, which I had before, if I lost it again, I would go back to that scary place. I would just, I was a terrorist. I would terrorize my employees, her. And I thought I was doing stuff businessy and, and macho. And, you know, this mm-hmm. is how you run a business, hard fists or whatever. And it wasn't, man. I, I'm so much more successful now because I'm compassionate and understanding of people and, and hold integrity and have integrity. And like, it's so different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. And I want to get to how you got there. Right. Cause that's the important sure. thing. You know, we talked about being versus doing earlier, you know, I'm all about being, and I tell guys this all the time because you know, my doer will start to take over here and there and I stop and I look and I go, shit, you're just doing, do back up be. Um, and that's really what it is. And again, choice, decision, those things we talked about. So tell me about your, story when, you know, after you have this conversation, you really take a hard look at, you know, the money, the scoreboard, all of that really wasn't the truth, right? The truth is everything else is falling apart. No. So how do you get there now? Yeah. Well, you have to back up a little bit. So I'll, I'll tell you a really brief story. So I, I, I went to college because my, my dad was like, look, you, you need to go to college. It's what society says. I'll pay for it. Like do your thing. My dad was very, my dad's always been my, my biggest mentor because he said to me, like, I don't expect straight A's. I expect your best. I don't expect you to show up for class every day and, you know, do all the right things scholastically. I expect you to have a well-rounded education, party, hang out with your friends, new experiences, meet girls, do whatever you're going to do. I'm paying for your full experience. If you bring home straight A's, I know that you will have sacrificed something else in your life that you should, should be getting. So just that's do your best. incredible advice, man. I mean, that's, that's Dude. really unusual. That's wow. Powerful <laughs> stuff. Is. He wanted you to experience. I love that. Yeah. And then I got into, um, to Oxford my junior year and, um, spent a summer there, a semester there. And he, I said, you know, dad, uh, what do you want to do here? And he goes, I said, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay for my current college and for the new one. And he's like, whatever. That's what I, that's why I built my business for. Wow. And he said, look, here's your, here's your, uh, allotted funds for the month that you're, or the months that you're there each month, you'll have this meant this much to spend, go crazy, go wild, go see shit, go experience stuff, fly to any country you want, like go do your thing. And I was like, damn, that's amazing. He goes, and by the way, you know, when you get out of school, you're coming to work for me. That, that was my choice, but you know, you're coming to work for me. So whatever you spend, son comes off the top before I pay you. So just know that. Right? So, <laughs> it's an investment, right? He's investing an investment in you. in you. One of the greatest investments that a parent can make is in a child's in a kid's experiences, not their education. And I'm, yeah, you know, that's how I there. parent. So I uh, got out of college and it was always my dream to work for my dad because 
I love the shipping business and I knew like my dad and I were, have been always so close and I was able to be with him every day and learn from him. And that's what I wanted. But what I found out later on, and I became very successful in my dad's business, super successful because all I did was do, I didn't care about relationships with my friends or outside the relationships with the clients and the business and money and grow my dad's business were all I cared about. And I went balls to the wall and I really did a great job. And then toward like 2011, 2012, everything was starting to really go to hell. And I mean, we pretty much lost everything except for our, our personal homes. Wow. All the money that had been accumulated, everything my dad worked for had just vanished. And, um, and I was, it's a hard, it was hard then it's not now because my mission now is like to continue on that family legacy and to provide for them as they provided for me and you know, whatever life they want. And, um, so when I left that business, I was broken and all I knew was my identity and money was a lot more fun than my identity being broke. And I, my house was in foreclosure. My cars got, were getting repoed and I had no money. I was sleeping in my dad's warehouse for about a year. And I actually met my wife when I was living in the warehouse. Our first Valentine's Day was spent in the warehouse, in my dad's warehouse, like on a conference table. And I made a little heart out of candles. And I, I wanted, I, I learned how to make wine because I was dating. I was single. So like I learned how to make wine in the warehouse. And uh, so we, I called it toilet wine. It wasn't made in a toilet, but dude, and this shit was like <laughs> toilet wine. <laughs> wasn't made in the toilet. It was very sanitary. Um, but this shit was like 20% alcohol. So you get jacked up on this wow. wine. And so Meredith and I partied and, and, and we danced all night and we had a great time. And I like, I just, I was so in love with her. And I still am like, she, she's just been the greatest partner I could have ever asked for because she never, here's the thing. She never fucking gave up on me mm. because she knew who I was. And when she, the other thing she said to me that night, or I, I said to her in a, in a marriage counseling session, I said, why don't you, why don't you fucking leave me? Like, you get all my money, you get all my assets, like you have everything. And she goes, because I know who you are. You're the guy that I married. I know who that guy is. And I'm, and I trust that that guy will come back. And I was wow. like, wow. Powerful okay. stuff. So she, she's talking about the guy who made toilet wine in the warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Right. The guy, like, whatever, I mean, let, let's take a look at it. It was the guy that yeah. had fun. The guy that, you know, did what he did without having all the money and just was yeah. real. Right. It was the yeah. real you. Before and I should have that came in. Everybody, every other girl that I met, not everyone, but like I, I flashed what I had made. I, I, I did cool things and bought cool things. And I thought that that's how you get love. And that not, not for my parents. That was just my interpretation. And I should have known even sooner than I knew, which was very soon that my, my Meredith was going to be like the person I wanted to be with forever because I met her in the lowest time of my life and she didn't give a shit. She liked me. And I never really met somebody like that, or at least I didn't think so. I'm sure there's people that like me for me, but that I dated. But um, so I, I, I had to make a very tough decision after we got married about a year later to leave my dad's business. And it was probably one of the toughest conversations I've ever had to have because, you know, if my dad was like an asshole dictator kind of dad boss, like it'd be easy. But my dad was just a, he's just a great dude. And, and I feature him on my podcast all the time because he's so enlightened with, you know, his path in life and the things he's learned and the things he's gotten over and his fears and his insecurities and all the shit. Like we, we're actually growing together, which is very nice. Wow. And so I had that conversation and I decided to get into real estate and, and I had so many doubters and so many naysayers. And I just was like, fuck that, man. I can, 
I can do this. But I didn't know anything but grind and hustle, which I think are, they should be profanity. They should be outlawed because the grind and the hustle are what keeps so many people locked in a life they will fucking regret mm-hmm. and relationships they'll regret and relationships with their kids and their employees or their bosses. And they'll, they'll it's just a life of regret, man. So, yeah, you know, and it's so real- much, that's so much for men too. Cause we know, uh, I don't know if we said this earlier, but it's about that scoreboard, right? You know, we're, we're taught that the more successful you are, the bigger home you have, the bigger bank account that you have, you know, the car, the watch, the whole thing is, is part of who makes you who you are. And we, yeah. and we're finding now that's really not the case, right? I mean, you know, you found it in your own life. It's, 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 there's way more than just the material shit. Totally. There's a lot of pain that goes with that too, man. Like living in that warehouse, I couldn't go home because my parents were just kind of at each other. It was very toxic. You know, my dad was experiencing this failure in business. And luckily he saved the company. He's doing very well again. But like it was, I, and I couldn't get an apartment because I had no money and I had no credit. So that's what I did. And um, so I started a real estate business and I quickly realized that I'm a nobody until I'm a somebody. And how do you become a somebody? You get up on top. And so I became ruthless again. And I knew that my happiness was going to be found in the money and the success and the accolades and the top producer awards every month. So I set a goal, which by the way, setting goals is very important. I cast a vision. I was, you know, I, 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 I follow very closely Arnold Schwarzenegger and his motivational stuff. So I cast a very big vision. I dreamed very big. I ignored the naysayers, including my own mom, by the way, who was a naysayer and to my protection, like, you know, to my advantage. But she said to me, look, you're not a good test taker and you're not good at math. You know, might not be the best idea for you to go to real estate. (laughs) And I was like, shit. All right. You too. Okay. Really? There was two, three people that believed in me. Uh, My wife, she said to me when I, I came home to her before I got my real estate license, I said, Hey, listen, I'm thinking about getting a job stocking bananas at the grocery store. And I was teaching swimming lessons at that, po- at that point for 10 bucks an hour because I was broken. I was, I was toast. And she said, I didn't, it's not who I married. And we had been married for like maybe five months at that point. And I said, what does that mean? She goes, I didn't marry a loser. And I said, well, people who stock bananas aren't losers. She goes, that's not what I'm talking about. I didn't marry a man that, that doesn't go after what he wants. That's the guy I married. The guy I married says what he wants and goes and gets it. And that's what I'm expecting of you. And it, and it was very wholehearted and very unconditional. She wasn't looking for me to be a, a breadwinner. She just wanted me to be me and be happy with what I go after. So my She was wife, asking you to step up. She was basically telling you to step up. Yeah. Right. Believe in yourself. Believe in what you can do. Yep. And just step the fuck up. Yeah. So I, my wife, my dad... And my buddy Chuck were the three people literally in my life that were like, you could do this. And my, Chuck, my buddy Chuck, he was, he was here in LA with me last weekend for his 40th. And he said to me, he goes, you remember what I said to you when you got your real estate license? And I said, yeah. He goes, I think you're out of your fucking mind. But if anybody can do it, you can. And I took that shit. Same day I talked to my dad. My dad says, dude, whatever you do, I know you'll rock it. I trust you. I believe in you. You got it. It's going to be hard. And you're going to get tested, but what will come from it? Cause he said, look, you're not meant to sell real estate forever. Real estate's the means to an end for you. 
So while you're selling real estate, just know you're not there forever. And I lost that way for the first couple of years. I became very successful. I set these very high goals. Um, was top producer within the first three months, top producer in the mid-Atlantic within six months, top producer in the country within a year. And I still wasn't happy. And then I continued that on for years and years and years until my wife that day, four years later, until my wife that day said, like, I'm out. And we started talking about divorce. And then I, I started shifting. And I think that was your, I went on a, <laughs> went on a tangent with that one, but I think that was your question. was like, how did I make those changes? Yeah. But you know what? There's some really good stuff in there, man. I mean, that's, and, you know, listening yeah. to you tell that story, I mean, I could see my own story in that different flavor, but, you know, similar story. And I know guys that are listening and be the same thing because it's, it's, you know, what we're taught. You know, and then, and I think the main thing that I got from that too, what I really loved was that you listened to three people who you really trusted and, and cared about their opinion rather yeah. than the ones who are telling you to back off, back off, back off. And that's important too, man. You gotta, yeah. you, know, you gotta believe in yourself, number one, and then make sure you surround yourself with the right people who are going to help get you there. Sure. So, and look, you know, my... My mom wasn't doing anything to harm me. She was just trying to protect me from that, from potential failure or from hurt or whatever. Sure. And, I, and I don't blame her for that. But the other thing my dad taught me was he said to me, like, before we got off the phone, I, I was upset. Like, I was emotional, but I was trying to hide it from him. Like, I was trying to hide it from the world because men aren't supposed to be emotional. And he said to me, remember what I always taught you? No matter what is going on your ass always bets on you. Mm. I was like, okay. He goes, push those chips in, dude. It's no, it's no one foot in, one foot out. Push those chips in. It's all in. Like you go balls to the wall, all in. Just like I told you in college, I told you in high school, whenever like I, was, I was a very competitive swimmer, you just do what's best for you and your best. That's it. Don't worry about anybody else. Like just do you. But what I wasn't taught, and neither was he for that matter, was how to take care of us first versus provide for the family first. And that's a huge problem in our society is that as men, most of us are taught to provide for the family first. And if there's time later, you get yours. But something I've subsequently learned and something I teach to many men around the world, but like once I started doing it really well, and once that, once that piece hit with my wife in 2016, um, the secret to my success at that point was hustle and grind. Um, the secret to my success up until now, and I'm quadruple as successful as I've, as, I've, as I've ever been. And the most measure on success that I measure is I'm fucking happy and fulfilled every day, dude. Every day. Like, for instance, if I had $100 million in my bank account right now, I'd still be on this call with you. Still. Because this is my mission. And so... Two things that I did. One, I set new vision and new goals around who Ian was going to become. And subsequently, the business that was going to fund and provide the financial piece for him. I stopped taking my fulfillment from my sales and my clients' accolades. And I started fulfilling me by my own gratitude to myself. I went to a, uh, a the most, and, and I'm a, <laughs> I have a huge coaching business and so do you the most powerful coaching program, transformational coaching program that I've ever fucking been to is landmark. And I went 
my mentor who I called that day when my wife said I want a divorce. And he said, next steps landmark. And I went to landmark like uh, four days later. And I've been a part of that landmark program since, you know, the end of December, 2016, ever since. And risen very high in the ranks with them and I, I support their program. And I think it has been, it, it was a life changer for me, a game changer because it was all about me. Yeah. You know what I want to, I want to say there too on that is it's so important because so many of us, and I know this was me, um, you know, we, we, we don't want to get a coach, right? We don't want to, it feels like failure to have to go to somebody sure. else and have them guide us. Right. Sure. But that's just, it can't be further from the truth and getting in, you know, with a great mentor, with a great coach. I mean, we do when we played sports, but now that we're out and it's life, we don't want to get, you know, oh, I don't need anybody's help. That feels like counseling, right? It feels like sure. therapy and I don't want to get in there, but it's crazy important. And it, you know, it's, you know, I do the same thing. I mean, I'm, you know, I have a, a program that I'm with, you know, self-discovery life mastery that turned my life around. And I've been involved in that for years and years. My mentor, yeah. you know, Rob uh, founded it. And, and I can't imagine what I would be doing if I wasn't in that, right? Because it is these things. And I think men need to hear this. It's too many of us want to go it alone. I know you know this. I mean, I know sure. you've heard this from the guys that you work with. We <laughs> want to go it alone. We're supposed to like, you know, suck it up, man. Rub a Hope little it dirt out. in it and keep going, right? Right. Yeah. But we want to, we want to, you know, it feels wrong when we go to that. But no, man, you got to turn to good mentors, good coaches, other men, good men who have been there just a little further down the path than we are, right? That can kind of guide us a little bit. So, um, and, I, and I love I love what you said about the results too, because I just want to bring something up on that where you said, you know, your success by any measure back, you know, when you were miserable. And what I get so often from guys is they'll say, but but I'm doing really well. I have a great house or I have, you know, a great bank account or, you know, I'm making six figures. So I'm doing all right. That that's false evidence because yeah. you don't see what you could be doing. Like you said, it's quadrupled since you've done this. Right. But when you're stuck in that, that viewpoint of no, but man, look, I'm doing great. But how much better could you be doing if you were happy? And sure. what I love about what you said is, and what are your measurements? Right. It's not just the wealth, but you said, I'm happy. I'm on mission. I'm on purpose. And, and my kids are happy. And my wife, I think my wife's happy every day with me. She might not be, but I, I, you know, I, I, she's now on her journey. She has a coach. She's on her journey. And that's, that's very important to me. So that we're growing together. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most detrimental things that you can do to your children is not have them explain what they're feeling inside and let them lock that in and assume what they're thinking is real, which it's not. And the pain and the stuff. And, you know, like I was the kid since five years old that it was medication would solve the problems. Yeah. Anxiety and depression in my professional opinion is, is a farce. It's bullshit. <laughs> now in the psychological world, sure, whatever. But I can tell you that up until that the end of 2016, early 17, I was the guy on anti-anxiety medicine, anti-depression medicine, this medication for that, this medication for that, because I was trying to band-aid and treat it from the outside. But mm -hmm. the moment I learned from Landmark, it's not about the outside, it's about the inside, and you have to change who you are to get what you want, then I, sh I threw all that shit away. And I started doing meditation, and I started journaling, and I started 
talking to people about my feelings. I got a coach. That wasn't the first time I got a coach, but I got a real coach. I got a personal development coach, not a business coach. And they started helping me understand why I was feeling the way I was. And it was because of the, the, the standards I was setting and the results that I was going for. And every time I was going to fail myself, even though I thought, well, when I make 100000 a month, 150000 a month, 200000 a month, I'll be good. I'll be good. But until I got to that point where the coach was like, all right, so then what happens? Then you got to make what, 500000 a million a month? And then mm -hmm. when will you be happy, bro? You see the pattern. The patterns don't lie. <laughs> Look at the patterns of your life. You cannot change the outside at all to change inside and then subsequently change the outside. It has to be inside first, has to be. And so the other thing that I did was I set a very clear mission for my life as what the world will look like when I'm done or when I've accomplished my mission. And it could be a mission for a week or a lifetime. So I set one for my family, one for me personally, and that is who I was going to be as I show up every day for my family, for my wife, for my kids, as myself, for myself, for my friends, my parents, everything. Who am I for this world? And I started, and that's purpose, by the way, in my definition. Purpose is who you are on the mission, not what you do. So your purpose isn't to sell real estate or to be a coach. Your purpose is who are you showing up as on the mission? Like my mission is to elevate, educate, empower, enrich, and evolve men to be on purpose. That's it. That's the business's mission. That's my podcast, my coaching company, my live events, my mastermind. That's it. It's as simple as that and as complicated as that. My family mission is much different. And my purpose within it is much different because these kids are watching me, man. I have two kids now. Like they're watching me. So I, I, I learned to stop modeling these look at me now, hustle porn star, guys in jets, guys with the yachts. I stopped modeling after what they had. And I started finding men I wanted to model for who they were, starting with my dad. And I'm going to repeat that because that is fucking huge. Don't model after what someone has. Model after who they are. They can still have all the stuff. They can still have all the stuff. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jim Carrey are two people that come to mind. Not only do they have the stuff, but they are beautiful men inside because they've worked on themselves, they've grown themselves. And so I picked models, I set the mission, I set the vision, I started putting the goals down that aligned with the mission. Once I knew the mission, the goals were easy. Do I need to strive for 150 grand a month? No. Slow down here, slow down here, and let's focus on going home at four o'clock and spending time with the kids. Let's focus on leaving the house at 930 because I'm replaceable as a real estate agent. No one gives a fuck about me. They like how I operate. But if I died tomorrow, nobody's going to give a shit. Because if I'm in a transaction with somebody, no doubt that my broker is going to be like, oh, man, that's really sad. We lost him. He's a good guy. Good producer, too. Made me a lot of money. Oh, uh, by the way, um, Ned over there, he's going to take your transaction to closing. See you later. Oh, you can go to Ian's funeral. No one gives a fuck about you if you're replaceable. So I decided that my mission was to create a business where I'm not replaceable. And that's how my coaching company really got built was that I'm going to build me into a model and I'm going to put myself out there scared as I am still and was, and I'm going to tell other men that I'm a model of what it means to be a man on purpose. And if you'd like that life, I can help you. And if not, it's your choice. It's cool. No problem. 
that's when I realized what my dad had said about real estate was your means to an end. And at that moment, I shifted my mindset and it still was rough for, for like a little bit of time because, you know, my patterns and habits were still there, but I realized what I needed to eliminate instead of take on. It's not a process of acquisition. It was a process of elimination for me. Habits, mindsets, skills, people, ways of being, ways of thinking, acting, behavior. I started to eliminate all those things, especially people, toxic people, people that were only for you because you're the top or best. And once That's I did the that, toughest one for a lot of us too, because a lot of us have all these people around us in our lives. Some of them have been in our lives forever and they could even be family members. But yeah, when you totally. realize how toxic they are and they're draining, they are. And you know that that's the decision that they've got to go. That is incredibly difficult to do for a lot of yeah. us. Yeah. I read the, uh, the, the Tao Te Ching. You've heard of that, right? Of course. Sure. Yeah. Uh, over and over. I just actually read it again this week, um, interpreted by Wayne Dyer. Fantastic interpretation. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, again, another model of a man who's very mm -hmm. on purpose with who he is for the world. And so I know some guys are going to listen to this and be like, yeah, that's some woo woo shit, man. That's a little far out there. But just just rewind this and just take down the patterns that I've talked about building a mission, goals, things like that, vision, uh, modeling your purpose. Who do you want to be? And just start small. Just start little. But the the the, the Tao will teach you that eventually you'll stop worrying about what those people are doing. And it's like, you choose to have them in your life. You choose to have them in their life, whoever they are. Like my mom is a wonderful human, very helpful, very smart, very beautiful, very strong, but has her very deep insecurities. And I want my mom to change because my mom could be a powerhouse, but my mom doesn't want as much change as I want her to have. And I just have to be at peace with that. And it's hard, man. It's very challenging to watch someone that's so capable not have everything that they want in life. And instead of me being angry with her, I just added that to my mission. I'll get my mom everything she wants in life because she's not willing to do it, but I am. You know what I mean? That's it. Except for inner peace. I can't get you inner peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you, and you know, it's funny. I gave up a long time ago on trying to force people into what I felt they should do because I looked at it from my own life of people telling me what I should do, right? Until you make that decision yourself, until you made the decision, I'm gonna use you, Ian, as an example, you know, until you made the decision after you and your wife had that conversation, nothing was gonna change, no. right? You were gonna continue those patterns, but you had to decide, I wanna change this. You had to decide, this is the man I wanna be. You had to decide, to take the actions that needed to, to model the men you wanted to model to become the man that you are today. And that's from yeah. you yourself had to make that decision. Yeah, my, my buddy Chuck last weekend, he, he asked me, but isn't that selfish? Because I said, you got to focus on you, buddy. Mm -hmm. He says, isn't that selfish? I have children, I have a wife and job. And I said, yeah, but think about it. If you're not selfish for you, and I'm not talking like selfish, like go party every weekend in Vegas. Right. Take all the money and I'm going to eat all the food. And I'm going <laughs> right. to, that, that's bullshit right. selfish. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, when, I, when I talk about this, I say it's self ish. Yes. Yeah. For self. It's purposeful selfish. For selfish with a purpose. Like if you don't take care of you, well, who the hell's going to take care of you? If you don't make the decision for you first, who's going to make it? You know what I mean? Like how, how is anything going to change in your life? And you can make the excuses, but if we own 100% of everything, I had a mentor in Landmark tell me this. He goes, everything's your fault. He called me up in the class, mm -hmm. man. Fuck this guy. Fuck. 
broke me. <laughs> Neil Roseman fucking broke me. He goes, you're one of the biggest, most defiant assholes I've ever met in my life. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Should I, can I get a trophy for that? And he goes, man, I can't wait to see who you are when you clear past this ego. And I was Powerful like, Fuck. stuff, yeah. Yeah. And he said to me, every single thing in your life is your fault. The way your wife is, the way your parents are, the way your business, your employees, everything is your fault. And when you can take that on and not blame one person but you and say to myself, you know what? This is on me. Yeah, that person didn't show up or that person failed at this or my wife didn't get me that or what. It's 100% on me. What is my responsibility and how can I see a change and a different result? Like, my whole life opened up, man. My whole yeah. fucking life opened up. So I stopped getting distracted by making excuses for other people and, and blaming other people. Like I got brain power back by owning that shit and realizing that it's something I could do. Yeah, I no? could not agree with you more than that. We, we do the same thing in the work that I do. And it's, it's just personal responsibility, man. Once you take ownership of everything, then you can actually do something about it. Right. Because if you're giving sure. it off to somebody else, you're blaming this guy for this. They have all the power. They have all the control. You've yeah. got to be able to take that back and make the change in your life to make it work. Right. And to yeah. make it right. And that's the only way that's going to happen is in, is in, you know, personal responsibility and taking uh, command of everything. Yeah. And I, the other thing I stopped doing was I stopped making people wrong. Yeah. Like that's their choice. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just, might not serve them, but it's all right. Cause when you're making someone else wrong, you it's you, the opposite is you are making you right. And if you're right, you're going to act differently. You're going to try and prove your point. Like, Shit. Look at the, the, the disgusting nature of politics, especially this last election. I mean, forget about the politics, forget about the in issues, forget about the causes you're dealing with disgusting disgusting humans who have no self-control or compassion. I mean, not all of them, but most of them that you see yelling on TV about something and trying to prove their point and be right, making others wrong. But who suffers? The country. Yeah. And they don't well, realize it's about, that. you know, it's tearing others down. That's tearing others down to make yourself feel better. And it's self-righteous because you have to be right at the expense of everything. Yeah. And that, that's really where we, you know, and then look, we can see in our relationships, how many toxic relationships, you know, have we had where we got to make her wrong, right? Sure. So we feel right. We, I have to be right. You have to be wrong. You know, I want to jump back into something else, um, Ian, because you talked about being selfish. And, th and this, this to me is paramount about taking care of you first, right? And I'm going to use that crazy cliche that everybody uses about putting your mask on first. And not your pandemic mask, but like when you're flying yeah. in an airplane and the, you know, the masks drop and they tell you put yours on first, otherwise you can't help anybody. You know, there it just it's so true. I think it's been around for so long because it is so true. If you can't take care of you and you don't become the man, the purposeful, complete, happy, fulfilled man that you need to be. You can't give it to your kids. You can't give it to your wife. You can't give it to your family. You can't give it to the people that work with you. And so you've got to take care of you first. And I think that's where so many of us get lost because we think we've got to be doing, getting back to doing versus being, we've got to be doing out there for everybody, right? I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, but I'm not yeah. being anything. I'm not doing for me. Right. And then you're angry about that. 
Because you know you're not right. being frustrated, angry, you know? resentful. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I learned this in the book, uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy. I forget the author. Um, but he talks about uh, covert contracts that we have with people. And when we're constantly doing things, but expecting other people to do for us, mm-hmm. yet we set no expectation or communicate what we want because we're afraid or it's awkward or, you know, my wife and I really don't talk for 10 years, so I'm not going to ask her for shit. Yeah. If you can embrace that awkwardness for like one minute and let it dissipate and not think about or make a meaning of it, you could change everything about things because most of us who are drivers as men, and I'm just speaking in, in terms of men and women. I'm sure this is, is prevalent in, in any couple or any partnership where there's a masculine person and a feminine person, you know, energy-wise. Like, you're, you, you have no idea what the next step could be or how open you can make this thing, but you're holding these contracts. Like, I used to hold this contract with my wife. She didn't even know about it. Like, I want to be praised. I want to be... I want to be accoladed. I, I want you to affirm me. I want you to tell me I'm amazing. And I realized that that was because my dad showed me so much love, but he never said, I'm proud of you. And he not, not never, but like not as much as I wanted. I didn't know how to communicate that one, two, I wasn't communicating that to my wife. So when I would come home with a big check and she was like, cool, that's awesome. I'll go deposit it. I, I was like, what the fuck? You're not going to like, get naked or like there's no champagne there's no balloons <laughs> right, jump up there's and no, down there's no there's yeah. no strippers coming yeah. out like i just fucking made a hundred thousand dollars this month and it's the same thing in the in the uh way of the superior man he he there's a part in there where where the guy like makes you know like 10 million dollars and he comes home and is and he's he, she, he's like hey honey I, I made 10 million bucks like just freaking amazing she goes well, did you pick up the milk and he mm. goes i don't think you're getting it here i think it's like chapter six or five you're not getting it. I just made $10 million. And that's what he was doing. But mm-hmm. who she wanted him to be was a piece of leverage and someone that could help her. But he can't see that. And she doesn't understand it from his point of view because his point of view is skewed as fuck. But like, think about it. He goes, well, we could pay someone to go get the milk. She goes, that's not what I want. I want you to show me I'm important. Listen to me, value me, value my opinion. I don't give a shit what you did. I asked you to go pick up the milk. And when you take the 10 million apart and, and take it all down to the brass tacks, like your wife is asking you for something. Your partner, if they're the feminine energy, mm-hmm. is asking you for things. And you're not paying attention because you're doing too much, whether you're doing too much because you're insecure or because you're anxious or you, like I used to feel that way on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. I'm like, I shouldn't be watching TV. I should be uh, working on my business. Yeah, 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 working on my, I don't just do shit to do it. and. Fuck, I work like four hours a day now. Like I said, we're quadruple the size of what we used to be because I eliminated all that crap from my mind, from my environment, the people I cut. Dude, I cut 572 people out of my life last year. Damn, I'm proud of that. Wow. Instagram, Facebook, out. Yeah, that's powerful stuff, man. And you know what you're (laughs) talking about there with that? It's interesting because there's a few things there. You know, when we were talking about the, the story about the $10 million and where's the milk, to me, that comes down to commitment. She's like, you made a commitment to me. You made a promise to me. Yeah. And that's what I'm concerned about. That's what I expect from you, right? Is that you yep. keep your commitments and, and you do that. And the other side too, when you're talking about some of the other stuff, it was, you know, uh, conditional love, right? This yeah. is what I expect. If I do this, I expect that. If I do, without just giving it from here, from the heart, 
to do it, right? That's being, I'm just oh. going to give love and be love and do, you know, that's, that's a big part, especially for a lot of us men. I know it was for me to feel that, you know, like to, to love that much is weak, right? You've got to be yeah. a warrior all the time. That's why, you know, we, we tend to go to the lover. Um, I like to get that <clears throat> part of the archetype, you know, into this also, that is the unconditional love. That's just loving fully and completely without there being anything attached on the other side. I'm going to do sure. for you. So you got to do for me. And it, there's, there's always this, uh, this expectation and, and trade-off or what I hear a lot of guys, cause I work with some really high level, very wealthy guys and, um, Though a lot of them will say, well, it's the principle. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. It's the principle of the matter. And I'm like, what, what does that mean? What's the principle of the matter? Are you talking about your way of thinking it should be that doesn't serve you anymore? The principle? Like you're fighting because of the principle, what that your dad taught you or that society taught you? Like that's the principle of the matter doesn't mean anything. You're just making up words now. So like you're fighting with your wife. And, and let me just put a caveat in there. I'm not perfect. And I know you're not either. <laughs> this is, there, this is not sunshine and rainbows every single day in my no, house. But it, it's about understanding where you have those things that need to be, you know, addressed and worked on totally. and being aware of them and then being committed to working on them. That's the key. Uh, my wife and I made a commitment to stress test our relationship daily and not on purpose. It's not like, I mean, it's purposeful, but it's not like we don't poke each other just to, piss each other off to stress test it. But the reason why, you know, out of, out of hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of clients that I've had, the ones that have gotten divorced or were getting divorced, the reason why we stress test is because when things happen in life, like let's just say it's a train bridge. Let's say first the, there's, you know, it's a bridge and there's bicycles riding across it. There's no stress. Well, you start putting cars on that bridge is going to take a little more load and a little more flex but you got to check it even more, check it even more, but don't check, don't stick your head under and check the outside, get up underneath of it, check the rivets, check the little, you know, little minor cracks in the underneath. But the moment that you put a train on that bridge, it's catastrophic. Everybody's dying. That bridge is going to be disintegrated, right? The train is big things that happen. Financial blows, uh, infidelity blows, which by the way, is a result of something not happening in a relationship. People mm -hmm. don't cheat just to cheat. They cheat because whatever. Something's missing. And then, they need something, right. Yeah, totally. And they're not communicating it, right? So to give up on a relationship for that, like they're not communicating. Um, but when the train hits the bridge, you're in trouble. You're never recovering from that. And that's my opinion on why divorce is, is, is prevalent the majority of the time. There are those times where the spouse is not willing to change and that's fine. And it's just an impasse. It's just an impasse and it's time to move on. It just wasn't meant to be, but we stress test our relationship daily. I'm talking in terms of how we communicate and not like yelling or anything, but like the type of things that we say, we're very open with each other, maybe even too open about what we like in life, what we like sexually, money, charities, how much money we want to make, what we want to donate, how we want to raise our kids, schooling, education, that kind of thing. Everything's out in the open. This is your partner. Why should anything be hidden? Now, if you're into some like real freaky shit, like you might, and your partner's just not, you may want to go to an outside source for that. I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying like, 
you might push your partner away if you're into some like really deep, dark, you know, crazy stuff. And your partner just is not going to be okay with that. But, and that's not my situation. I just, I, I've, I've been in situations where I've talked to people at like conferences where that are, that could not deal with communicating some of the dark stuff that they wanted sexually, which is, I get it. Might be awkward. Or really this, just took, this just took a whole turn there, Ian. I want to, <laughs> I want, I want to get back for a second because really yeah. what you're saying here is what we talked about right at the top of this was integrity, right? Being in integrity yeah. with each other, being integrity with yourself, and then being integrity with each other as a relationship, and that's important because if you're keeping stuff from them and you don't feel like you can act, <clears throat> and this is the thing I see in relationships all the time, and I've had it in my own relationships. If I feel like I cannot be honest with the woman that I'm with, and I cannot tell her about something about me, or I'm unwilling to tell her, then, then I'm out of integrity. And that starts doing those little, those little cracks start to form in that train bridge, like you talked about. Those yeah. are the little cracks that start happening. So, you know, you've got to be in integrity with yourself first, and then you've got to be in integrity with the person that you're with. It's the only way you guys are going to grow. Sure. And I think, and this is a great point. And I think what you're saying there, what I'm hearing there is that like if there's something that you're avoiding, maybe you're using alcohol to avoid it, some, some kind of fear or pain or thought or, or feeling mm -hmm. inside of your body that you're using substance or something else to avoid or chase or, or numb or it down, avoid. avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. Then the first person you have to stress test the relationship with is you and you got to communicate with you and say, look, I haven't admitted this in a long time, but this is what I want for my life. And I'm okay with people that I might lose because they don't agree with me. Like I want to change my business. I don't want to be a real estate agent anymore. And I think that I'm going to probably isolate and lose all of the quote unquote friends that I had in the real estate business, which by the way, they're not friends. They're acquaintances while you're there. They're proximity acquaintances. Mm -hmm. When you're out of proximity, you're out of life. You're out of their life. And that's very true. It happened to Meredith and I. And, and so like, you have to start being honest with yourself. If there are changes you want to make, you got to tell you first and then make the commitment to actually do the work or seek out who can help you do the work. That's, that's just step one. That's all you have to do. You don't have to think about the how or how long or what's it going to take. I don't have the time. You just have to make the commitment and say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to reach out to Eric. I'm going to reach out to Ian. I'm going to, I'm going to go to a, a, an event this weekend. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to, I'm going to start to shift and change me. And for anybody that is saying to themselves, yeah, well, everybody should just love me for me and be okay with who I am. If you're not okay, they can't be okay. They're just dealing with you because you're dealing with you. But it's so much easier to love you so that other people can really see you and love you for you. And then you're in alignment and there's true happiness and joy and fulfillment there. And I mean, I'm on the other side of that, which I'm very grateful for that I made that commitment. And I meet guys every day. They're like, in my fucking life, I, I don't know what to do. Ian. And I'm like, no problem. Let's just start small. You, you drink water in the morning? No. All right. Well, then get up and treat your body right. Hydrate your body in the morning. Drink water. First thing, get up, drink water, brush your teeth, take a piss, start there. And then they're like, that, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, these are very wealthy guys. And I'll say, no, just you've never been taught to treat yourself with love and respect and kindness and self care. Start building that habit because that'll also, that'll also, ripple out into your life. The moment that you get up in the morning and say, I'm worth it. I'm valuable. I'm going to take care of me right now. And you put that bullshit word selfish out. Like you'll start changing. Your brain will rewire. It's neuroplasticity. It can rewire at any time.
don't matter how long. Yeah. And, it, and it's so true, man. I mean, you know, we've been talking about it for an hour now about, you know, taking care of you and, and, and really liking yeah. you and being in integrity with yourself. And, and there's so many of us that don't do that. And I mean, look, I want to wrap this and say that, sure. you know, you, you went through this yourself. So many of us go through it, came out the other side, um, you know, been able to simplify your life, love yourself more, love your family more, get that respect and everything from them, be in integrity with yourself, which to me is, that's, that's the key right there. I mean, you've got to be in integrity sure. with yourself and who you are and, and who you want to be. So I would say to, to end this, what would be the biggest lesson that you learned about you, about living your life that you would want to pass on to everybody listening? <laughs> no pressure, just, you know, quick question. <laughs> The thing that pops up for me, the, the initial thing that comes up for me is you've got to have a mission. You got to know what you're doing here. You're not here to work and raise kids and play golf on Sunday. Like that's not your mission. You got to be able to have a mission so that you can free yourself to be able to give back and dialing in your mission probably is, is step one, I think. And there's a structure for that, but you know, it makes your decisions easier. Like I can give you my mission. You can put it up in your show notes or I can read it. And when you, when you have a mission that's so damn clear, and you're so aligned with it, your decisions become easier. Your thought processes and patterns, your reactions and your internal uh, registrations, they just aren't, aren't there like they used to be. And so cast a vision for what you see as possible for your life and understand what, you're, what mission you're on. And then who you want to be on that mission, set that, reach out for help and, you know, listen to programs like this that can really freaking dial in. I mean, you think about it, it's like 10 years of shit that I'm giving you in one hour, you know, like yeah. there's a fuck ton of pain in there and there's anguish and a couple of ayahuasca ceremonies and mushroom ceremonies. <laughs> that, that's funny. And that's the thing too, man, you know, re reaching out to people, because like I said, you know, there are men that have been on the path that are a little further along than you are. And, and, and they can give you, like you just said, 10 years of experience in an hour. And that's invaluable, yeah. you know, super. So man, you know, you know, I, I really do you know, appreciate that, but I, I want to hear your mission statement because I think it'll give some guys out there, uh, you know, a, uh, an example to go. So read that for us and uh, we'll, we'll end on that. Sure. So this is a very, spe very specifically written. So I'm going to read it. It's always on my phone and it's up on my fridge in my kitchen, in my bathroom, in my car. That's, yeah, that's an important thing. I want to bring that up too, because I have guys write some, some statements about themselves too. And it's not only important to do that and put it up where you can see it all the time, but also I tell them, show it to your wife, show it to your yeah. kids, show it to the, you know, people that are important to you in your life and say, this is who I am. This is my, you know, my statement, my mission, hold me to this, hold me accountable yeah. to this. So yeah, I love that, man. Very, very important. Go. First things first, you got to make a choice that you're worth it. When you make a choice, you're worth it. Then the universe will start getting things out, things out of your way to, to start rewarding you and giving you the green lights. So the moment you say that you're worth it and you want to make this change and you're committed to it, cast the vision, cast the mission. So here's my mission to maximize time spent together as a family at home and out in the world as our playground and classroom, celebrating every moment, creating lasting memories and sharing amazing experiences together in action, living and setting a powerful, positive and purposeful example of choosing a life truly on purpose on our terms 
in flow and alignment with full authenticity, awareness, and abundance. We are free to choose without restriction or constraint, a full and vibrant life worth living with sustainable success inside and out and no regrets for generations now and in the future. That's it. it took me five years to get that <laughs> dialed in. And I tell yeah. you right now, I had somebody offer me a very high paying sales position, like seven figures, multiple seven figures. And before he got done, I said, how much? And he said, uh, it gave me the number. It was in the seven figures. And I said, really appreciate it, man. I'm humbled. And it's a no, very calmly. And he goes, a no, what about all the money? And I said, let me read you my mission statement without restriction or constraint. And he yeah. was like, what does that, what does that mean? And I said, I don't go to your office. You don't tell me what time I need to be there. You don't give me the numbers to report. You don't tell me who, where I work and who, where I have to go. I'm unrestricted and unconstrained with my time, my energy, effort, and my money. I don't, ever, I don't want any restriction or constraint there. And you can break my mission statement down and you can see the intentionality in every paragraph. So when a, someone comes to me and says, hey, like all that I did was drive me. I was like, shit, that guy thinks I'm worth that kind of money. That means I can get that kind of money on my own without restriction and constraint. And that's how I run my life. So everything I do, if it, if it, doesn't, if it doesn't have to do with max time with my family, it's a no out in the world as, as a playground in our classroom, which means my kids schooling. I don't want them locked in a jail cell. I'm um, sorry, classroom for eight <laughs> hours a day, learning some bullshit that the teacher wants to teach them. I want them out in the world as a playground in a classroom, enjoying each other's company and learning from the world. And so it's very easy, very easy moving to LA. I know exactly what school I wanted to go to, you know? Yeah. And you know, having that is that's your roadmap, man. And that's, that's the thing. So many of us are missing. We don't have that roadmap. We don't, do that. We just say, well, I'm going to go to work and make as much money as I can. Yeah. And that really is, for, it is for so many. So, you know, having that statement, so, so powerful. Yeah. And, uh, and I appreciate you uh, bringing that in. Any, any last thing you want to say before we go? I mean, if you want, if anybody wants a copy of that, like they can't write it fast enough or they just can't get it out. Like they can hit me up on Instagram at men on purpose podcast. That's also the podcast name, but at men on purpose podcast, I'll send that to him. I send it to a lot of people. If I can inspire somebody in that way, like no problem. Yeah. And I think it's a great way to go because it's so important to have that and to see it every day, write it, come from the heart, get it out, what your purpose is, what your mission is, what your vision is, and then just start working it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Simple, not easy. <laughs> simple not easy go ahead explain that leave us with that so <laughs> it's simply done simply said the growth and the change in your brain and your chemistry and your wiring and your programming is going to be challenging your brain doesn't want to do that it doesn't want to stretch and grow it wants to be safe and just keep you right in line but if you want a better life a more serving life like nothing says there's nothing that says what you have now isn't good enough but if you're conflicted and, and you're in resistance, you have got to make that change. You owe it to, especially if you have children, you owe it to them. At the very least, you owe it to yourself. So it's simple, not easy. Guys, I love that concept of simple, not easy. Because, you know, listen, it's, it's so important for all of us to push to be our best, right? Not just for ourselves, but as you heard, also for those that we love. If we look at it in terms of the sacred seven core values, it's really about the last four commitment, duty, honor, and love. Really it's, um, you know, the love for the people that are around us, the duty that we have to ourselves and others, the commitment that we make to ourselves and to others and to just honor ourselves 
by being the absolute best that we can be. And, and yeah, you know, it's, it's not always going to be easy, right? It's, uh, it's not always going to be easy, but that's what makes the end result. That's what makes the victory so much sweeter. So really, truly, I want to thank Ian Lobus for being here today, for bringing his insights to us and, and for telling parts of his story, getting open and, and telling about some of the things that he's been through. So remember on that note, head over to menonpurpose.com. Listen to some of those really incredible episodes that he's got there. I, I can't recommend that to you enough. And I want to thank you for listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes today, now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I'm Eric Rogel, and I am honored to be with you, to be your brother by your side on your hero's journey. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next time. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right.